Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use the tools that are out there to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And normally we use this time to talk about business techniques, marketing, social media, website design, direct mail, all those various things. But today we are really going to deviate and it's for a very, very good reason because we're going to talk about your physical and spiritual health. And I honestly believe that we can use all the marketing tools in the world, but if we aren't healthy ourselves, it's really not going to make any difference. So please join me in welcoming Melissa Aguirre to our program today. Thank you, Deb. How are you? I am doing absolutely fabulous. You know, I tell people I just get better every day. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, and and, but it's it's funny because, you know, it, it is something that I think a lot of business people struggle with sometimes is that, that we don't always feel well. And when we're the only person, you know, whether we're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you know, small business owner, when we're not feeling well, it, it just really affects everything because, you know, then we're not able to go network. We, you know, we might not be able to respond to emails, do all those various things. Right. And especially clarity. Right. Um, you know, confidence is just a byproduct of clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so absolutely, especially being creative and, mm-hmm. and even having clear direction and that just what happens when we don't have that, right. how we can fall into self-sabotage mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. Yes, absolutely. Right. Right. Well, before we jump in, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Melissa Aguirre is a nationally registered yoga therapist certified energy medicine and MBSR practitioner specializing in scientifically based holistic health practices and education. Her passion for serving those who serve has led to the creation of her mindfulness based yoga therapy programs that serve the military population along with multiple wellness workshops and classes in holistic healing to her national audience. Melissa is a wellness speaker and contributing author for yoga therapy case studies, continuing to impact optimal patient care and sustainable lifestyle choice. Her school, Melmarie Yoga Academy, trains and certifies students and teachers in adaptive and therapeutic yoga techniques, and her participation in holistic health summits define her as a true asset and advocate to sustainable wellness. In her free time, which I'm not sure when you have free time, but in her free time, Melissa loves the little things, cozy evenings, her cats, journaling, her faith, movement, chai, sweaters with thumb holes, her daughter's snuggles, spending time with her husband who keeps her rooted and inspired. So again, Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if you can tell, I am always on a mission for self-care and what is grounding, right. <laughs> despite all of, the, all of the exciting work that's happening in our communities for holistic wellness. Right. You know, and, and I love the fact that, you know, one of the things that, that your uh, bio mentions is that it's scientifically based holistic health. And so many people, I think, still go, uh-huh. When someone mentions anything like yoga, acupuncture, you know, the, the Eastern medical sciences, 
And, you know, they, they are so very important. I mean, aside from anything else, they came before Western medicine, <laughs> um, you know, and, and clearly there's something there. Otherwise, they, they would have, you know, been taken over by Western medicine. I'm one of those I believe in a combination of them. Um, but, you know, let's let's take a step back. Tell us how you got into doing this. Well, it's interesting because, uh, for one, you know, we kind of joke about cutting edge research, which right. is just validating what's natural. And, mm -hmm. and so this kind of brings me to how I got into yoga. Um, the practice itself found me during a time of grief. Okay. And one of the things that I discovered is when I would practice, I would feel okay. I mm -hmm. feel well in my body and I would all of a sudden, you know, the what happens, like the repercussions of grief that can occur from depression, anxiety, um, you know, all those things. When I was on the mat, I would find a solitude in myself mm -hmm. and feel connected. Where when I was off the mat, I would struggle with, you know, um, negative thought forms, mm -hmm. self-doubt, and then just this, the story that would spiral um, me into dysfunctional behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I see this pattern can be re related to so many people. Right. But, but what happened was is when I was doing this practice, um, and, and we talk about evidence-based research around it, because when you add the research with it, it makes sense why mm -hmm. I was experiencing this. But for, you know, I was, I was at home. Mm -hmm. I found my way home. And, and from there, what happened was, of course, wow, this is working, you know, mm -hmm. other things aren't working. Uh, and I wanted to learn more. And at the time, and he was my fiance at the time, husband mm -hmm. now. He had actually deployed to Afghanistan. And I start, I was, it was interesting because so many articles and things were showing up about the benefits of mm -hmm. yoga for our military. Ah. And <laughs> so, you know, and, and of course, at the time, I'm, I had just gotten into university and, you know, I was struggling with, well, I want to be married to my beloved, but, mm -hmm. you know, I have to be at school and right. that, that whole dance of, do I stay? Do I go? Like, what mm -hmm. do I do? Um, and if I left, what would I do? You know, if I didn't continue with university and, um, you know, so when I, my interest really got peaked when it was like, oh, okay, well, I know I'm going to be, we're getting married. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be integrated into the military community. Mm -hmm. So it really, from there, it was like, I want to serve mm -hmm. those who serve. Um, and that's what started the career aspect is that's what motivated me to, um, seek a therapeutic training program and, mm -hmm. um, and go from there ultimately. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, first of all, thank you to your husband for his service. Um, you know, that's it. It, it takes a very special person to, to serve a country and then, you know, an equally special person to be the, the support system, the spouse, you know, because I know that can be very difficult. So thank you. Mm, thank you. Um, you know, it's, it is something that I think, uh, you know, the, the military, you know, you mentioned is really exploring how this can help, um, you know, and, 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 you know, we're, we're not talking about the stereotypical sitting and going, hmm, hmm, you know, and, and all of, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, when you say yoga, that is of course what people think about, but absolutely. But you know, and, you know, and, and if that, that's probably a great way to start a conversation because you can say, well, it is a little more than that. But, you know, I know you do a lot of work. You mentioned it with the military. How does this help them? Oh, my goodness. Well, for, for one, to touch base about, um, you know, the perceptions and debunking 
debunking these myths around what yoga is. It's an opportunity for education. And I love to create these conversations because when all of a sudden, you know, specifically with the military, um, in a physical essence, because most people come to yoga for a physical reason, whether it's, um, to strengthen the body, stretch the body, lose weight. I mean, those are the most common Mm -hmm. reasons we see people show up. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course with, and I've had the, the privilege to, uh, train, um, people are in, in PT for do yoga with, um, with some soldiers before or for their workout in the morning. And of course they want high intensity. Mm-hmm. And so what I would suggest is happening, why it's helping them is because it really gets them to be in their body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to just work out and have these external goals. And of course, once we reach the goals, we create a new set of goals that we're going to proceed. But what happens through mindfulness. So yoga is this, it's this, um, this beautiful flow of different poses. And of course there's so many different lineages, so many different styles, but specifically you are doing these movements and you're present mentally with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the style that I really teach and advocate is this, this breath centric practice or this meditative flow. So where you use your breath to initiate that movement and what's happening is the, your entire being mind, body, and spirit is absolutely present Mm -hmm. in that moment. So what's actually happening and why it's so beneficial, not just for the military, but just for stress management Mm -hmm. for clarity is because it's creating new neural pathways in the brain. Um, so what's happening is if we are on the mat and we meet a strong or challenging pose, but yet I can meet it with grace and breath, and then I move through it, letting that moment dissolve into the next, when I'm off the mat and someone cuts me off in traffic and that flooding, you know, the sympathetic response in the mm-hmm. body floods my system and I want to react because of I've been practicing this resilience. I won't even realize it, but I'm less likely to react where I'm able to breathe through and let that moment dissolve Mm -hmm. into the next. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so that concept is what's happening. It's creating these new movement patterns in the body. It's creating a new platform for reactivity and really not even reacting anymore, but just responding with clarity. Mm -hmm. And so this is why, they say, you know, yoga is helping me in all these other areas. It's this physical practice, yes, but it's benefiting me in my relationships and in, in my interpersonal relationship um, and in so many other arenas of my life. Right. Well, and I can imagine, you know, especially in the military, there is high stress, whether someone mm. is deployed or not. Um, you know, and, and so to, to kind of allow them to center themselves is, is probably an absolutely fabulous thing to happen. Oh my goodness. And and really it's, it's more than just centering it's Mm self-regulation. It's, you know, to be triggered and to know how to deactivate that sensory or the senses that happen in the body. So, Mm -hmm. um, when they're there and and this goes into, you know, with the the things that you can't control, you know, one of the things they say in the military is to embrace the suck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you know, or, you know, you can't do anything about it. So, you know, no matter what your opinion is about having to meet at this certain time or do these different things, the ability to be resilient and truly move with it and realize that this is temporary, mm-hmm. right? A lot of these things, you know, we talk about in resilience training that it's temporary and just these different concepts, but it's a different thing for it to actually land mm-hmm. in the body, right. for it to actually be, you know, in the muscle in terms of 
in my in my body I know that this is temporary. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to react. Right. Right. Well, and I would think this could be very um, a, a very big part of the treatment, say for PTSD. Mm -hmm. And you know, is that something that you deal with? Yes. Yes. And the reason, so yoga for one is very person centered. It mm -hmm. is a person centered practice. It's not about taking these physical yoga poses and forcing people into them, but allowing people to adapt into the pose. So it works for them. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking about this ability to self-regulate and take inquiry essentially of what's going on in the body, you know, we're increasing interoception. So my ability to tune in, and, you know, is this safe? Is this not? And then being able to reassess according to whatever I need mm -hmm. um, regarding PTSD, because one of the, the problems we're having is that it looks different in so many people. Right. And so there, there can't be a standard treatment because mm -hmm. what works for someone isn't going to work for the other. Right. And so when we're bringing these practices to people where they're able to, um, you know, adapt and modify according to what feels good for them. There's so many different styles. You know, I, I, I kind of giggle when, you know, it's like, oh, I meditate. Well, what does that mean? Like, there's so many different types mm -hmm. of meditation. Right, right. <laughs> you know, is it finding stillness? Is it listening mm -hmm. to music? Is it, you know, but those things, because they're all so different, it's person-centered. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic is because it's person-centered, it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's cost-effective because it's person-centered, because people mm -hmm. can learn how to adapt and do it for themselves. You know, it, it's um, and it's accessible. If we're meeting ourselves where we are, we're able to, whether we're sitting in a chair, whether we're laying in a bed or on the physical mat in a studio, you know, it's we're able to practice yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just so you know, by definition, uh, you know, yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. Ah. Um, you know, it, it's really to, so you, it comes from the Sanskrit word yuj, which, me, which means to yoke. Okay. So yoking the mind, body, and breath. Okay. And by definition, I would suggest that's what presence really is. Mm -hmm. Presence is this mindfulness to what is meaningful in life. And so when you go back to the core of, why are why would we integrate this into the military or why would we integrate this into our communities is because people want to feel well mm -hmm. right they, they want to feel like the work they're doing is meaningful and is sacred and it's it's worth something they mm -hmm. want to feel heard you know one of the biggest things you know when we see people acting out in dysfunctional behavior really you can often bring it back to the fact that they just want to be heard. There needs, mm -hmm. there's some validation that needs to occur. Right. Um, but then all of a sudden when people can source that from within where I can self-regulate or, and I can feel whole from within, or I can feel what I want to feel, then the, the seeking and the scarcity begins to disappear right. and, and contentment. And that's really what it's about is contentment, um, and, and serenity, safety, joy can be experienced mm -hmm. at any moment. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it, 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 my, it, you talk about focusing. My mind was, of course, going 900 miles an hour on several different things here. And, and I'll be honest, that is one of my, I'm not going to say problems. It's just how I am is I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have ADD or ADHD or, you know, I, I, and I, but I do know that there are people who do. I mean, you know, we're not saying that doesn't exist. I, you know, I do have trouble focusing and, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, squirrel. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, which of course is bad when I'm on Facebook because then I'm clicking all the videos and, you know, oh. all of those things. 
And it's funny because there are things that I have learned to do that, that really do help me focus a little bit better. And, and they're, to, to a lot of people, they're counterintuitive. I don't do well with silence. You know, I usually have a radio on or a television on or something. Now, I may not pay attention to it in the slightest, but when it's not there, I notice. Mm. And, and it's really bizarre. Um, I spent quite a bit of time, you know, as, as some of my listeners know, in the hospital over the last year, and I could not go to sleep without the TV on. You know, and, and so I would find something that I had seen, you know, 900 times because then I really didn't have to pay attention. But if I didn't have the TV on, then my mind was going 900 miles an hour. And that TV kind of was that white noise for me. You know, and, and so it's, you know, you mentioned how people meditate in different ways. That really, you know, that does allow me to, you know, to, to kind of calm my mind. What's interesting, so... You know, obviously the physical practice is just one of the eight limbs of yoga. So mm -hmm. yoga is much more than just the physical, right? We have meditation, mm -hmm. we have ethics, like such as our relationship with the world, our relationship with ourselves, uh, concentration and ultimate like union peace. But one of them mm -hmm. is it's called it's Paitiara or withdrawal of the senses. So this mm -hmm. is the idea of um, true concentration. So you're talking about what, or it's really about like what we absorb. Right. So that noise in the background, how mm -hmm. that stuff actually affects our subconscious. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and I'm actually very careful about what I listen to or, you know, have on TV be, because I discovered that if, you know, that there were certain things that then I would incorporate those into my dreams. And so mm. if it had been, you know, I'm, and the nice thing is I, you know, I don't like scary movies or anything like that. But so, you know, I live like on HGTV, um, but, but yeah, if, if there is something, or even if it's just the news, I mean, you know, it will incorporate into my dreams and, you know, and, and, and so I wonder like kids that listen to this music that has, you know, bad language and is talking about killing people. It's like, oh, you know, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Right. Well, and I would suggest too, if we look at, you know, the the level of stress in our society and the stress-induced illnesses, mm -hmm. inflammation, if part of that, you know, what caused it has to do with what we're exposed right. to. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned also, I mean, it's so, it's such a common human experience, what you're talking about, where you need some noise in the background. And mm -hmm. it's really because we've been conditioned in our society to be so we just don't know how to work with that stillness. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, and one of the, obviously I work with uh, trauma sensitive populations and, and just with the, you know, our, the American culture in general, um, to pause and sit in stillness can be extremely, um, isolating and mm -hmm. terrifying. Right. And so we use different practices where you can hone into sounds. I do, um, in my group settings, when I lead meditation, I always have music playing so we can focus on something because what's, what really matters is, are we finding a vehicle to be present? Right. So maybe it's through prayer. People don't realize, mm -hmm. but prayer, which is, is truly just this mental ventilation and mm -hmm. it really connects us, um, deeper to God and it helps us literally, it's this active form of surrender, right? So mm -hmm. when we pray, right. it's an active form of surrender, but that in itself is meditation. Um, so I define meditation as this space between your thoughts. So it's falling into the space between your thoughts 
And for those who pray, this is a common experience of, you know, when you're praying and then all of a sudden the mind wanders and there's stillness. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm sorry, God. And you come back. You're supposed to be praying. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, but it's that space of stillness. Mm -hmm. Meditation is a a fantastic way to really create a fertile ground for your meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So to begin praying, and that brings you back to the present moment. I will direct people to their breath or to sensation. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the, it's interesting. I used to be very similar where I could not sit in stillness. It was terrifying, even just physically to sit. And I just, Oh, I dreaded meditation. Mm -hmm. And but again, what happened was is they kept showing all these benefits for like what it was doing to the mind and the benefit mm-hmm. for PTSD and trauma. Ah. And, and so one of the things that I teach, and I'm, I, I really think this is so important, is you never teach something you haven't experienced or practiced yourself. So I would okay. never, I would never lead meditation because I didn't practice it myself. So that would, mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was a, that was fraud, right? Okay. Um, and so what I, what I realized of, I wanted to, I wanted to offer this to my soldiers and my clients. And so I began, I, it's actually funny. Someone uh, recommended Deepak and Oprah's like 21 day mm-hmm. meditation challenge. Right. Like, sure. Why not? I need something to help me focus. And it actually, it was phenomenal. And, and it really helped create that path for me where now I do meditate regularly and it's not that I wake up at 5 a.m. and I have this gorgeous 30 minute practice. It's just, I find stillness in places during the day. Mm-hmm. I'm able to offer more compassion, um, to myself. And you know, when I, I, I can tune in and know when I need self care, when I need right. to say no and honor that with confidence and faith. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what you experience is so I you know, that's actually like the most common thing I hear from people. And mm-hmm. what I say is that's normal. It's okay. You know, and it's all about, as I said, yoga is about uh, the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. Mm-hmm. Like if there weren't fluctuations of the mind, if we didn't have this monkey mind, we wouldn't even need meditation. Right, right. <laughs> well, and it, it's, you know, the, there's different types of, I hate to use the word noise, but noise. Um, you know, one of the things that I did do last year was, you know, create a kind of this outdoor space with lots of flowers and, you know, and, and I would go out there and sit and, you know, unfortunately I was on medicine where I couldn't have a glass of wine, but that was probably, you know, so I would just go and sit with my water, which was better for me anyway. And, you know, and, and just enjoy being outside, you know, and, and sometimes I would sit there and, and close my eyes and see how many birds I could identify, you know, and, and all those various things. And it really was something that, as you said, it stilled my mind, you know, it, it, it just calmed everything down. And, you know, the, the bad part was, you know, when we got to the point in the, you know, in the Atlanta summers where it was just far too hot to, to do that. But I'm looking forward to creating that outdoor space again this spring because I love that. I thought that was just fabulous out there. Well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, the elements of the world that we live in, so, you know, with earth, air, Mm -hmm. water, fire, I mean, all that stuff is also found within us. So Mm -hmm. when we sit in nature, it just neutralizes us, it grounds us, and it accesses that. And it's, again, it's one of these, it's a phenomenal tool for meditate or for medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a natural medicine that we can use just by going outside, you know, specifically for entrepreneurs and people who... Um, you know, in business, if we don't take space 
Mm-hmm. We, we can't let grace flow. Like we right. cannot be inspired. We cannot function at a high or have high performance if we're not creating space and just to step outside and take a big breath in and, you know, hoping that your allergies won't be, <laughs> affected. Oh, mm-hmm. but, but you know, just that, that, you know, feeling and maybe close the eyes and just feel the kiss of the mm-hmm. wind on your face or notice how it feels to step into grass even if you're wearing shoes the difference between concrete and Mm -hmm. and and you know earth essentially so you know those little details can make the bigger picture Mm -hmm. right can make all the difference well and I think that's so important especially when you were either in an office building which has no outside air you know or even in our you know maybe our home office where we just sit and we're we're stuck with this stagnant air you know, and, and to be able to go outside and just breathe deeply a couple of times. Um, you know, I I love the fact that, that the time uh, change has happened, you know, so that I can now get out in the evenings when my husband gets home and we can walk the dogs. Because, mm. you know, it, there's so many f- good reasons for that. I mean, yes, you need the exercise, all of these things. But just getting out into the fresh air and the sunshine is, is phenomenal. Oh, and the connection too. What an amazing place for you and your husband to be together. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we see that with relationships. That's huge, like for thriving. So, you know, to be able to integrate our ways of self-regulation and wellness with our partners, our friends, our families. I mean, how mm-hmm. that just, again, becomes even more sustainable. You know, you, you had mentioned about, you know, working in these buildings. And I want to mention, so... Um, three of the leading reasons that there's employee absenteeism and reduced productivity in the workplace is because of back pain, stress, and fatigue. Right. And going back to yoga and meditation, yoga can really address all three of those. Mm-hmm. You know, fatigue and burnout, if we're not plugging ourselves into something to recharge, to nourish, and even just to have that discernment to say, mm-hmm. I can't do this right now. I'm going to go on a walk with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, those types of those types of things, um, you know, how that just improves our ability, our ability to feel energized. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can we, we can I can go down the rabbit hole of yoga for stress management because it is right. deep and mm-hmm. strong. And oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt that yoga helps with stress management. Mm-hmm. And then specifically. So back pain. And if I have any uh, or if anyone's listening to this call who sits a lot during the day or, you know, especially raise your hands, raise your hands, <laughs> all of us, every one of us raised our hands. Yes. OK, so every day be making sure that you're moving your spine in all rotations to so doing a twist on each mm-hmm. side, doing a side stretch. So lateral bends. And then tucking and rounding the spine mm-hmm. and then finding a back bend, right? So those are all the rotations of the spine. If we don't move our spine, the fluid in the disc becomes very stale mm-hmm. and it can, it can predispose for illness. Right. And it makes us vulnerable to injury. And we just feel icky. I mean, the energy, it's literally stale energy in our body. And so if we're not moving, um, for one, I love, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's by Joe Pilates. And he says that you're only as old as your spine. So (laughs) if we don't take care of our spines, we're going to have a lot of issue. Mm -hmm. And and this is why, so back pain, it's no surprise that back pain is one of the reasons for employee absenteeism and reduced Mm -hmm. productivity. And we can counter that just simply by gentle movements. It doesn't have to be an hour long practice, but maybe just taking a break and just doing a twist at your desk. Or can Mm -hmm. you do, um, 
if you want to Google it, it's called seated cat cow. So cat cow flow where you do, uh, you round the spine into like a forward fold seated. And then as you inhale, you pull the chest forward and get a back bend and you can move your shoulders back and forth. So you're getting a forward fold and a back bend just seated and just how that can make a difference and to make it mindful, integrating your breath into it. Right. So I just use the example of on the exhale, round the back. And then on the inhale, pull the chest forward, get a back bend. And even, so one of the things that makes yoga so sustainable is because you're integrating breath and mindfulness. So these movements make it feel well, you know, so Mm -hmm. as you exhale, you know, lengthen the arm out as you inhale, come back to center, you know, doing different movements that even crossing the midline, how that just gets that stale energy, especially in the spine, just get it moving. Mm -hmm. Um, right. movement is wellness, mm-hmm. movement is wellness. Well, and when we're seated, everything is compressing and it's, and it's the, the important parts that are compressing. It's your kidneys, it's your digestive system. It's all of those things that are just crunching up down there. And, you know, and, and so the more that you can sit up and it's funny, I have a standing desk that oh, I don't use as much <laughs> as I should. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I need to get back to doing that. It is one of those that I can raise and lower, um, you know, and, and so I need to do that more because you do, you know, when, when you're standing, it just, you know, or even sitting up straight. So I, I did that, you know, as I was thinking of, I, I sat up straighter just thinking about this, um, you know, it really does, you can almost automatically feel that energy changing in your body. You know, because when you're all slumped forward and typing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but when you when you're up straight, you're breathing better. You know, and and all of these things. And and it was funny. I was having that conversation today with uh with um a nurse, and I said, you know, it's one of these things where I have to. And and I've always kind of been one of those. I slumped, not a lot, but a little bit. And so now I I really really think sit up straight, stand straight, walk straight. Um, and especially because of all the surgeries that I've had, you know, I've, I've had the wonderful, um, I've had eight surgeries in about six months. Um, and so my body naturally started kind of curving in on itself Mm -hmm. and to be able to stretch, it just, it feels good, you know, and, and, you know, I'm very careful. I don't stretch to the point of, ow. Um, I stretch to the point of, (laughs) <laughs> but but it, this is not no pain no gain I know better than that um and you know and, and it really does just do that and so you know it, it doesn't matter you know maybe you're you know sitting at your desk and you know it, it is something just sit up straight stretch do all of those things and just feel your energy change absolutely one so my students they Kind of, you know, talking about what is my secret weapon, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm in doubt, what do I do with a client? And it always comes down to creating space. You're talking about compression and when we are folding into ourselves, mm-hmm. our breath capacity cannot be, um, we can't reach that capacity. And, you know, so it's interesting if we just find a way where we're feeling tension in the body to create space there, um, how that changes everything. Because we see this outside of the body as well. Mm -hmm. We see that when there is tension in a relationship just by, you know, we don't have to fight it out right now. Let's just take a moment to take space with a child who gets frustrated and angry and reacts. You know, we, we sit down, we breathe. We create space. And so likewise, in our physical body, when there's tension and discomfort, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea is, can we create 
space there. And then through consistent practice or consistence of returning to that stretch or that strengthener, you're talking about sitting up straight, it becomes natural because we strengthen the muscles to hold ourselves up that way. We've stretched out the muscles so we're not folding in, especially, you know, I see this so often is very tight chest and very weak upper back. And so finding ways to stretch and open the chest and just how that changes your breath and how you can feel because, you know, our breath is really the language of our emotional body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and that's really where a lot of our power and concentration and focus comes from. So it's important that we're able to access our breath. It's better, it's better to have quality breath. Mm-hmm. And just quantity, this big old breath. Right. Coming, right. We want to be breathing consistently with slower exhales and um, just mindful about that. We, we, as we get older, we just disconnect with our breath so mm-hmm. much. And essentially, we just disconnect with this body. But, you know, in order to, fun- in terms of high performance, I mean, this is our, this is the vehicle to our purpose. It's imperative that we nourish this body. Right. Well, and when you focus on your breath, it calms your mind, um, you know, and, and, and I certainly, you know, discovered that over, you know, I, I glow in the dark now. I've had so many scans and tests and, you know, it, we could turn off the power and I would just glow. Um, but, but for example, you know, I had radiation. So, you know, you, you get in this really awkward position and they tell you, don't move. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not the quietest person anyway. And then when you tell me that I can't move, mm. you know, and, and so, you know, I immediately learned, start, the only thing to be thinking about is my breathing, you know, and, and, and doing it nice and slowly, you know, no hyperventilating here and, and just really focusing on that. And then the really funny thing was, you know, the, the radiation, there were, you know, the little machines would move and it would click. And, and so I would count because I knew that there were 17 different places that the machine went to and how long each one of those were. And so I would focus on that. I would count and I would get through that. And then, hello, I'm done um, until the next day. But mm-hmm. it really did, it, it really calmed my mind to, to do that. And, you know, it was, it, it really was something that, you know, they, when I would go in for procedures and things, you know, I would start breathing, you know, deeply and, and things like that. And, and they would even say, wow, you know, you're very calm and relaxed. And, you know, sometimes, yes, there was that happy juice that was on board, but it, you know, it was something because it, it, it was nerve wracking and it was scary, but to sit there and think, okay, let's just breathe. We're going to get through this. Let's just breathe. And then pretty soon I'd be done. And, and, you know, back in my room. Right. Well, and this goes into, you know, that what you just described, we condition that on the mat through being in an uncomfortable position or a strong holding position or even just stillness. Mm-hmm. And can we breathe through this, allowing the breath to dissolve into the next, let mm-hmm. you know, be in patience. Um, I, I, I'll say things like, um, you are the sky and the rest is just weather, right? Ah. So mm-hmm. it's all temporary. And can we just breathe? Because none, of, nothing's going to stay the same. In fact, Emily Dickens has a quote, and I think it's so funny because it's Emily Dickens who says this. But she mm-hmm. says that forever is just a bunch of nows, mm-hmm. right? And so if we can just move through whatever that discomfort is and realize that it's going to be over. But can I make the most out of it, right? It's not about mm-hmm. pushing through things or dreading, even though it's it's absolutely it's uncomfortable. It's not denying or going into avoidance, mm-hmm. but it's embracing the sensation and letting go of the story because Mm -hmm. 
often it's really the story in our minds that make the experiences so much more agonizing, right? Right. Right. We we freak ourselves out before we ever even start. Totally. Totally. And and the reality is, though, that's how we survive. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with the stress response. Totally how we survive. But yet, can we stay um, in control? Can we can we maintain our command center of the brain? Mm -hmm. And and, you know, again, it really comes down to just living the life we want to live and feeling the way we want to feel. Right. You know, and, and it is about taking time for yourself. And I think that's what causes so many difficulties uh, for business owners, you know, especially when it's, you know, when, when they are the business owner, you know, maybe they have employees or maybe it's just them, but we put so much stress on ourselves. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of times one of the, the things that you will hear people say is breathe, you got to remember to breathe. And, and that's true. You know, we're in the, I have to pay this. I have to do this. I have to do that. You know, and then pretty soon we are, we've, we've hyperventilated. So how do you, you know, what do you tell business people? You know, you talked about the stretching, you know, and, and so I think that's absolutely fabulous. What are some more tips that, that you have for business people? And, and again, you know, maybe it's, it's the employees too, because everybody can get stressed out at work. How can we get through that? So first and foremost is to stay connected to the why, because meaning, when we make meaning around things, it becomes sacred and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so that's even like when we understand why we're doing something. So if we have a deadline or we're about to launch a product or a marketing campaign, Mm -hmm. you know, and we, and there's a bigger mindful intention to it. Why? Because I want to serve this population. Why? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is going to liberate my financial problems or, you know, whatever the why is. And when you attack, when you, when you dissect the why and you look at, well, how does that make you feel? So this is all of the art of intention. So the art Mm -hmm. of intention, when we are clear about why we're doing what we're doing and what we want, we don't Mm -hmm. get lost in the, the, the extra stuff. And so we can always stay clear and stay focused and not get distracted by the things that really don't matter. We Mm -hmm. can also, you know, if we need to hire out, have, you know, hire out, you know, Mm -hmm. be able to own up to what we're great at and what we're not great at. So that, that, that level of discernment ultimately, you -hmm. know, will be a byproduct of mindfulness. And, and, and uh, when you read my autobiography or my, bio about my MBSR means mindfulness based mm-hmm. stress reduction. Ah. And it's, and, and it, you know, this is a conversation for another time. And if you're interested in more about MBSR, Duke university has a phenomenal program about it. And it's derived from John Kabat-Zinn's uh, mm-hmm. philosophy and, and his program. So anyways, the art of intention lays that fertile ground for the mm-hmm. life that we want to unfold essentially. So we talk about when we're connected to the why, then things make sense. And right. I, I mean, for me, so I own my company, I own a school, um, you know, I have my own studio. So these things every day when I wake up, I connect back to my why, mm-hmm. you know, and I also, I have a, I have an eight month old cause you know, part of a big part of me is like, why can't I just lay at home with her all day? Right. Right. <laughs> right. But when we're connected to the why it makes it, it like, there's a lot deeper understanding and connection mm-hmm. to what we're doing. Right. So. And the why can be something like you want to make money to go on vacation or, you know, working hard right now allows you to do something later on this evening with your daughter. You know, all those various things. It doesn't have to be this foo-foo why. It's, it's like you said, it just 
you, you just have to be mindful of what it is because then we can focus on getting rid of those distractions. And I love that you mentioned maybe it is really in realizing, okay, I have to have somebody do my books because I'm just not good at it. Or I have to hire out the marketing or whatever it is so that you can focus on the why. Mm-hmm. And the why is going to inform you what you're good at naturally, like why, what right. you're naturally doing. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, absolutely. And then from there, you're able to have this opportunity to build a power team, mm-hmm. um, a team of people that, you know, then you guys can really make impact together. Mm-hmm. And even if you're, if you're not a business owner and you're an employee, you're, you're the capacity of contribution that you can have, you know, to make sure that you feel like you are, um, valued in the work that you're doing and to stand in your power to know that you, your presence matters, Mm -hmm. um, and that you're part of this team. And so when you, again, you can still connect this deep sacred meaning to what you're doing, even Mm -hmm. by working for someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right. Well, and we all see examples, you know, every single day of the, you know, when we're working, you know, dealing with an employee somewhere, we can tell, do they like their job? Do they not like their job? Um, you know, and, and, and it, it is, it just makes such a big difference. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, they say that you are the average of who you surround yourself with. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I know at least when I hire out people, my, I want, it's the level of excellence that mm-hmm. I look for. You know, it's, if I want you on my team, I want you, right? Right. Like there's a reason I'm asking you or I'm this opportunity is unfolding this Mm -hmm. way. So, you know, I think it's easy to feel sometimes discounted or frustrated or, Mm -hmm. well, it's my company. So what's the why? Well, there's absolutely deep connection and meaning and it wouldn't, things wouldn't happen if it weren't for your contribution. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes you might need to rethink the why or the why might not have been what you thought it was. I mean, you know, and, and I think that's all part of, you know, just being a good business person or a good employee is, you know, and it, it sounds funny to say, you know, you just need to think about why the heck you're doing it. But I think so many times we don't, you know, we get so caught up in doing the networking, doing the this, doing the that I've got to post on social media. I've got to, you know, that we really do forget. Why are we doing this? You know, was it, you know, we started a business because it was our passion to do it, um, you know, and, and, you know, all those various things, what was that why, and can we get back to it? Absolutely, you know, and I, I always tell people, it doesn't mean that you failed if you're right. rethinking and wanting to yeah. do it. Why it, change? Absolutely, and so it's part of evolution, it's part of your own evolution in business, you're outgrowing things naturally, and that's totally normal, and so, you know, I always look at things as a new door will open, mm-hmm. Um Absolutely. And, and rethinking the why, because, you know, evidence is showing when you have people interviewing um, people in their last days of their life asking, like, what is it that you regretted? And it's always comes down to having person pr- presence in their personal life or mm-hmm. doing what they really want to do. Right. Nothing's stopping you. We're, we're, mm-hmm. only, we're our only. And, you know, to keep this related to yoga, these, this liberation, you know, again, we can talk in theory about these things, but to really feel it and to feel connected with that why and that clarity mm-hmm. and to touch base with your power absolutely happens on the yoga mat for sure. Right. I'm so glad you brought us back to that because I really want to talk about that. Um, I've been told multiple times that it would really be a benefit to me to do yoga 
And, you know, there's the, the part of me that is smart knows that it, it would be. There's no place around me. You know, yeah, I find all these excuses to not do it. And then, of course, I look at, like, some of the yoga poses. And I think, okay, I could do that once. <laughs> you know, and then something would go, and that would be the end of that. And, you know, and, and you've mentioned it several times. It's do what you can. So, you know, talk more about how, you know, the, the yoga poses and things like that, because, you know, we, for, for many of us, it's, it is, it's the things that we see on TV where, you know, they're stretching and they're, you know, they're putting their head on top of their foot and, you know, or, you know, all the, and you're like, ah, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, so why is it so important to really do these and do them obviously in a way that helps your body? Oh my goodness. Yes. And this is one of the misconceptions I would say of yoga when I hear people say I'm not flexible enough right. to do yoga. That's the whole point of yoga is to, mm-hmm. to, uh, increase to flexibility. Uh-huh. Yes. And you know, any, so all, not all yoga teachers come the same and classes are going to be different. It is important that before you go to a yoga class, whether it's at a gym, a clinic or a studio, that you understand what kind of class you're going to, because uh-huh. Some hot yoga classes are not going to be the same as other hot yoga classes. Some mm-hmm. gentle classes won't be the same as a beginner's class too, and, you know, the different flows. So make sure that you check in. And also, one of the things, too, is meet yourself where you are. Everything the teacher says is a suggestion. If right. you decide that, you know, you don't want to do a certain pose or – in and they will build you up to different poses. The poses that are really intense that you see on social media are not the poses being practiced in the classroom. Right. Um, and if, you know, most people cannot do those poses. And even more so when we have, there might be bone on bone that you just can't go any further. Right. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. So the, the whole point of the practice is to tune into what works for you. So different movement patterns are going to be beneficial to you. And even if, you know, there's, there's uh, resistance to doing yoga itself, doing mindful stretching where you're breathing and you're moving into these stretches and different movement is going to per- give you the same benefits. Um, in fact, if you would like to experience a little bit of um, just little segments of yoga for free on YouTube, if you search my name, Melissa Aguirre, um, in yoga for headaches, uh, there's a how to do meditation video. That might be something you can practice at home just to try and get a little taste, so to speak. Um, and there's also on my website, uh, www.melmarieyoga.com. I have online videos. So if you want to try a beginner's practice at home before you go to the studio, you're more than welcome to mm-hmm. do that. Um, but most importantly, remember that it's not about achievement, but about mm-hmm. experiencing the pose, right. um, and experiencing what works for your body and mm-hmm. ask, you know, I mean, one of the things that, I think that it, we, we've been conditioned just through our education system, like in class, not to raise your hand and ask something unless it's a valuable question in your opinion, or even not to ask at all, right? Stay really mm-hmm. quiet, respect right. the teacher. Yes. But if you have a question, ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teachers should be able to give modifications. Um, you know, if you're coming in and you've had knee surgery, you know, child's pose is not going to be a pose that you want to go into because it's going to put a lot of compression into the knee. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's going to be different poses that aren't going to feel well. Honor your body. There's a reason your body is saying, uh-uh, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so only find your edge and don't compare yourself. Co- comparison and expectation is the thief of love. Don't do that in the yoga classroom. Mm-hmm. Tune into yeah. your practice. 
Yeah, just because the person next to you can do downward dog doesn't mean that you have to. Exactly, exactly. And, and even, you know, there's just sometimes, there, there's a reason it might not feel good if you have glaucoma or mm-hmm. blood pressure stuff, you know, down dog might not feel that great. So come on, come out of down dog. And mm-hmm. um, I would also suggest if you're showing up to class and you have any medical um, history that you, you, the teacher needs to be aware of or any injuries you're nursing, Go and tell the teacher before the class starts because the teacher's not going to know unless you tell them. Mm-hmm. And so they they might even be able to modify and tailor the the practice even benefit mm-hmm. you. They're not they're obviously probably not going to call out your name and say, "Okay, Deb, this is for you." <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't need to do this. <laughs> no, but there might be some there because the yoga poses and the different. Uh, sequences and breathing practices and mindfulness and even intentions, they have health benefits. It's, there's very, mm-hmm. every pose has an intention and form will follow function. And mm-hmm. so there's, if we, if you're, if you communicate, um, and, and let your teacher know, it might actually create a more fruitful class environment for you. Right. Right. You know, and, and I think the the biggest thing is that you've got to have that communication you know, you can't, again, you can't feel forced to do something, um, you know, and, and, but if, if the instructor doesn't know that, ow, that hurts, or, you know, I, I physically can't do that or whatever, you know, they're not going to know. And so they might say, come on, keep trying, keep trying. Well, then that's where you need to say, no, no, no. You know, I've, I've had this happen or that happen. And, um, you know, and, and I mean, it's that way with everything, you know, you have to be, and, and maybe that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned through, through my last year and a half is, you absolutely have to be your biggest advocate. Yes. Um, you know, there, there might be somebody else there who can say, wait a minute, what's that? But you have to do it. You know, whether it's what is that medicine or what is that test or I can't bend that way. You know, it, it's okay to do that. Yes. It, you took the words totally out of my mouth. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and your, your teacher is an advocate for you, but they're, so if they're telling you, you know, to meet your edge, you don't have to, it's your, like the power is your discernment. And so no, no teacher is going to force you or kick you out of class. And if they do, (laughs) don't, don't go back. Cause that's not, that's not right. (laughs) That's not good. Um, but they're only going to empower you to try to have the deepest expression of your pose. So you can increase range of motion. And there's, again, there's always this function behind it. But at the end of the day, nobody knows your body like, you know, your body, and the more you connect with your body and it's saying no is a divine responsibility and it is a total act of self-care. It right. is totally okay to say, all right, that pose is not for me. Or maybe just try it, see mm-hmm. how that feels in the body and then decide if you want to stay. If not, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you can just come to seated, you can go to child, you can, you can do your own practice, right? You can yes. do yeah. whatever yeah. you'd like to do. And, and again, maybe you don't go to a studio setting. And I highly suggest, so a lot of my clientele, because I work private-based, um, they come to me to do one-on-one sessions so they can get mm-hmm. comfortable in their body. They can learn some sustainable tools for wellness. And then if they want to and they feel comfortable, they might go to a studio setting. Um, but, you know, finding maybe a teacher to do private one-on-ones with or there's plenty of videos online. Just be mindful right. um, for your, you know, that 
don't push yourself because that person's not there to tell you if you're doing it right or wrong. Right. Um, right. I would so just, you could easily, you know, have, have a, a hip turned the wrong way or something. So you have to be very careful with just, that. Just be mindful. Yeah. If it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good, don't go there. And, and that's right. the same thing with whether you're on the mat, uh, with a, in a classroom setting or, um, at home. But the biggest thing is, is that you're moving your body because mm-hmm. if, for high performance, for clarity, for sustainable wellness, we have to move this body. And it doesn't have to be high intensity, just gentle, mindful breathing and, um, and presence ultimately. Cause again, what's the, what's the point? We want to feel good. We want to, well, so. And, and yeah, I mean, we, we need to move. I think that was probably one of the hardest things for me when I was ill was I was just stuck. I mean, I was laying in a bed and that was it. I mean, you know, I was doing good to move an arm and, you know, and, and then when they started making me move, oh, 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 it hurt. Mm. (laughs) And because those muscles atrophy really quickly, Um, you know, and, and whether you're ill or not, your muscles atrophy quickly. You know, if all you're doing is sitting at your desk all day, you go home, you sit on the couch you know, pretty soon the rest of your muscles that aren't for sitting are going, wait a minute, hello. <laughs> yeah, and as they say, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, anytime we're, if we're in a situation like your experience, Deb, is that you're honoring your self-care, gentle movements, let go of the expectation and just be mm-hmm. with, you know, be with the body, meet it where it is. And, you know, the breath, what's so great is it's so connected to our nervous system that just by deep, slow exhale, so lengthening that exhale, it's going to help alleviate some of that pain intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can also, when we use the breath, we can get a little deeper into stretches, even if there's all this muscle guarding and right. um, things happening in the body. It's, and that's why it's imperative to meet yourself where you are. Mm-hmm. Um right. And for more information on that specifically, if you are interested in learning about things that you can do at home, about this concept, even understanding um, how to get reconnected back in the body uh, for optimal wellness, I am the co-author of The Innate Design. Um, yes. Yes. Th- my colleague, uh, Ky- or Dr. Kyle Hodeback and I came together to write this book as Really, just a you know implementing self healing techniques for the modern mm-hmm. patient. So, and Dr. Hodebeck is a medical doctor. So you're combining East and West. I love this. Yes, yes. So all the practices are validated, and um, you know, and there are things. There's almost the idea of prescribing these things so they're less invasive, because it's really ultimately through our lifestyle choice, the things that mm-hmm. we, so the the foods that you eat, the movement right. that you do during the day, the relationships you're in, those types of things are going to contribute to your overall sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. And this book really gives this magical blueprint of understanding where we might feel um, a lack of energy in our lives or just kind of giving some insight on things that you can do for your own wellness, mm-hmm. um, again, to self-regulate and to self-heal ultimately. Right. right. You know, and, and because, and, and it was funny, we were talking about this off the air, your healing is, is so much, the, the, the important part of that is mental. Um, you know, if, if you don't believe you can get better, you're not going to get better. Mm. You might be really, really ill, but if your brain says, excuse me, we're going to get better, then you do. Um, you know, and, and I think that's the, the really important thing. And, and, you know, there are times where you're just like, really, I can't do this today. 
that's all right, you know, and, yeah. and all of those things. But, um, you know, many, many years ago, I worked many, many. Oh, good heavens. I just made myself seem. Really <laughs> um, I worked for a physician and, you know, and, and one of his big things was, you know, if you didn't believe in what he was going to use as a treatment, that that it was going to help, then he wasn't going to do it. You know, this was not, hey, let's pump you full of pills and pump you full of medicine just because. If you didn't think it was going to help, then he said, we're not even going to try it. Oh, my goodness. Well, and this this totally would lead to another conversation. We don't have enough time, but we can. I know. we have to do this again. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, it, it really comes down to quantum physics. So mm-hmm. if you want to, if you guys want to nerd out a little bit on your own time, look up quantum physics and energy medicine. And it really shows how our thought forms impact the physical aspect of our, our, our lives. So very, very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and it really is so much uh, it, that's, that's in your mind. You know, I remember one of the times when I was really not doing well, um, you know, I have this whole online community, you know, obviously since I'm so much on Facebook, I have a big Facebook community of, of 400 and some people who are kind of my little tribe helping me through all of this. And I very distinctly remember, you know, even in my wonky state, well, I can't die. All those people will be mad at me. You know, and, and but more importantly, I had a bubble from them. There was this support bubble. And, and you know, and, and I encourage people that whether it's one person, whether it's, you know, 500 people, that no matter what you're going through, you know, maybe it is big business decisions. Maybe it's, you know, uh, something that, it, you know, illness, life changes, all those various things. We aren't solitary creatures. You know, that's, you know, we, we do things, you know, we've been talking about here about being solitary, but we still are. We need the support of others. And I think it's a, you know, we just need to make the, the combination of all of this in order to truly be physically and spiritually healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Community and unity is, is huge. I mean, as we see in the physical body, through our mind, body and breath to our relationships off the mat. For sure. So, well, Melissa, we're at the top of the hour already. (laughs) So tell us, so your book is The Innate Design, and you can find that, of course, on Amazon. Um, yes. But tell us again how they find you online and connect with you online. Yes. So if you, my website is www.melmarieyoga.com. And also I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm consistently posting inspirational and educational content. Please feel free to connect with me at Mel Marie Yoga. So Mel for Melissa Marie Yoga. Um, and definitely reach out. Let me know that you heard me. Um, on the, this interview with Deb and you know I'd love to if you have any questions please reach out great you know and, and I'm looking here online you've got um, retreats you've got online classes you've got all sorts of great things so I do encourage folks to really check out your online presence yes yes thank you so much perfect well I have been having a fabulous time talking with Melissa Aguirre and I'm going to spell that for folks it's A-G-U-I-R-R-E Um, Again, it's Melissa Aguirre. I am Deb Creer. And to everyone out there, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.